Welcome back to Weathering the Storm. I'm so excited that we're starting a brand new season. It's hard to believe this is season seven. And so I just want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in and all the encouragement that you've given me over the years. Uh, very, very grateful to be on this podcast, to be on this network, the Scared Abroad Network. And again, just very grateful. I'm Drew Suttles, your host. And if you've never listened before, we appreciate you tuning in. This is a podcast that will hopefully help us to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in Almighty God. Again, very grateful for the opportunity to spread the gospel through this avenue of a podcast. And looking forward to our new season, again, Season 7. The title of this season will be Weathering the Storm in the Home. And so I know this can be a difficult subject, an emotional subject. We think about the the brokenness of homes in our world and our society today. But we want to look to the Word of God. We want to see what God desires the home to look like and to be and hopefully help us when we face difficult times within our own homes uh, that we can get through those and weather those storms to the glory of God. Uh, To help me today to introduce this new season and to be on this first episode is my friend Michael Clark. He's the host of the Far Better podcast. Of course, he's on the Scatterbroad Network with me. He and I were classmates at the Memphis School of Preaching. And I want to turn things over to him for a moment, let him introduce himself even further, and tell you about some uh, exciting news about the network. Yeah, Drew, I'm thankful to be on the podcast. Uh, I tell people when I go out on the road that the Weathering the Storm podcast is one of our most listened to shows. And I know the biggest reason of that is, of course, people's love for God and His Word. But something about the host also makes that tick. And so I'm thankful for all the hard work that you put into this because I know that it is not going by the wayside. Uh, I am one of the uh, members of the Scatter the Broad Network, one of the hosts of the shows that are on here, but I'm also the Director of Operations. Uh, That is my new title. Uh, For those of you that have listened faithfully, if you've ever heard me said co-director, you may not know, but uh, Brother Caleb Rutherford has stepped back and gone to focus more on local work in Roanoke, Texas, and as such, uh, the good congregation out there was also trying to focus more local efforts and the network needed a new home, and what a blessing it was that we found a home at the Memphis School of Preaching. Uh, It's funny the way that life can work, because the first time I had ever even thought about something like this was while I was a student at MSOP. It was called the All World Network back then, had no idea what it was going to end up being uh, with Scattered Abroad, and then later, studying through Acts, changed the name to Scattered Abroad, Talked to Caleb, approached him about it, and then uh, we launched it out in 2021. Now we're a part of the Memphis School of Preaching, which is overseen by the Forest Hill Church of Christ in Memphis, Tennessee. And there are two directors. Um, My dad, of course, is the director of the school. That's why we took away the co-director titles, uh, because I'm not the director of the Memphis School of Preaching. Though there was someone who thought I was when they met with me, they kept they kept calling me BJ, and I thought, "What? That's my dad's name." Uh, but um, I am the director of operations, and Brother Wayne Rogers is the director of programming. Uh, this is a seamless fit for him and I to work together because we have already been working together for so many years, and it is just a wonderful blessing for those that may not know, and you, you may be thinking, "What's the incentive to kind of get involved in the other shows?" Let me just detail very quickly what the shows are on the main shows that we have. Uh, On Mondays, of course, you know Chase Green has the Everyday Christian Podcast. On Tuesdays, it had been Caleb Rutherford with the Transform Podcast. That is now Josh Walker, 
who is the son of Don Walker, one of our great instructors that we were privileged to have. His podcast is called, if you mark in your Bible, and he's been doing something very diligently, putting all of the network hosts that can be on there to do an episode with him. I think that's been fantastic, and I'm looking forward to listening to those. Then on Wednesday is the podcast that I have, the Far Better podcast from Philippians 1.23. Thursday, of course, is today. We're doing Weathering the Storm. And then Fridays, uh, Brother Matt McBrayer is the host of the Days Gone By podcast. And that is something that has just recently happened. You're probably wondering, well, where'd Jameson go? Uh, he's gone. He's off the network. Uh, no, no, Jameson's got another project he's working on that we're hoping to unveil soon, but it needed to have all of his time and attention. And then Saturdays, we have the ability to have some of the special shows pop up in and out through the month. And so I'm just hopeful that you will take this to your congregations, tell them about the work that we're doing if you want to report on the work, I'm happy to come out and do that. I'll give Drew my information so he can put it in the show notes, and we'll see what we can't schedule. Preachers' luncheons, gospel meetings, whatever you've got, if you want me to come out and do something, I'm more than happy to go there, even if I'm not the one that's speaking. I'll be there for the week and just sit there and tell people about it in between the breaks. Uh, we just are very passionate about what we do here, and without further ado now, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you're on here with me and, and excited about the network. And we've been on it since it started, and to see it grow and to see what God's been able to do with this has been really a, a great blessing. Uh, but we both know that none of this would be possible uh, without our listeners and without people subscribing. And so we appreciate you listening to the network, sharing it. Even a simple share or like on Facebook is, is helpful. Uh, but we do hope and pray that all the content that's being put out is going to help you uh, with your walk with the Lord. So. We mentioned that this season is entitled Weathering the Storm in the Home, and I wanted to spend some time in this introductory episode to explain why we're doing this. Um, at the Equipment Church of Christ, we've been studying through a book called My Family. You can find this in the uh, Jenkins Institute. And they've put out a really good material that is devotional material at home that you can use, and it's trying to get families back to doing home devotionals, it's trying to get people back uh, to, to putting God at the center of the home. But we know as we look at our society and our world today, a lot of the issues that are happening in the world is because they're happening first at home. And when the home life is a mess and when and Christ is not the center of the home, it affects society in a negative way. So this season is really dedicated to how can we get back to being what God would have us to be in the home and how can we weather that storm because we know that there are outside forces that come in the home. And we know that Satan is blatantly attacking the home because if he can get inside the home then he can he can wreak havoc on society again that's what we're seeing and so hopefully this season will be refreshing uh, to us who who are striving to do what god wants us to do and again excited about this season excited about this introductory episode i'm a big fan of of defining terms i think that's where you got to start so i looked this up and, and i want to give you several uh angles on this the first is from merriam webster's dictionary when you look up the word home, it's defined as the social unit formed by a family living together or simply a place of origin. Someone might say, my hometown, or this is my, my home. And home is, is a special word, and it ought to be special to us. Uh, this word is found 62 times in the New King James Version. I was pretty surprised to find out that the Old Testament is found 52 times, which of course means only 10 times uh, is it found in the New Testament. That was kind of surprising to me. I thought maybe we would find a little bit more balance, but 
The Hebrew word in the Old Testament for home is simply a dwelling place or living quarters. But then the Greek word in the New Testament I thought was pretty, pretty powerful. And it means a place to stay where a person can remain. Uh, we're reminded of, of the one in, in Luke 15, the lost son, who said, I'm going to rise and go to my father. I'm going home. Uh, and there's just something about that statement. Uh, it's time to go home and ultimately look for the heavenly home. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 reminds us that uh, these great men and women of faith, they, they had this, this sojourn they were going through, but they knew they were just pilgrims. And we sing the song, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. So we're talking about a place to stay. We're talking about the very core of, of, of where we feel right, and that should be a home. And in John 14 and verse 23 is a beautiful passage. Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. That's the new King James. The King James says, make our abode. And it's the idea that, that God will, will be with you, and, and we sing the song, Anywhere with Jesus, his home, sweet home. That's the idea, and that's what it should be. And so in this episode, we want to talk about God's design or God's blueprint for the home, and we need to get back to that. So, Michael, I want to turn it to you and, and I guess start with asking this, is the home important to God? And if so, should it be important to us? It is interesting because I'm going to I'm going to say this in a way that it will probably be not what you think in the beginning. It wasn't initially because we know that God created the world and he just made man. Mm -hmm. And there was not a home for man in the very beginning. He was just by himself. The very first thing God said I should update this and make it better mm -hmm. was that the home needed to be established. Right. So in the very beginning, and it, it's not to say that God didn't know any better or anything. He made man, then saw man and said, that's not good. We need to change that. Yeah. So in the beginning, you could make the argument that the home was not as important until God realized by looking at Adam, no, he needs, mm -hmm. he needs help meets. He needs companions. He needs people. He needs a home. He needs a family. And that's exactly what God did. And so I would I would say that though it started off as not as important, it became of supreme importance the moment God looked at Adam and saw that he was alone. Right. And I think that is something that when we overshadow what happened with Adam being created by himself and then God providing that for him, we kind of overshadow the importance of the home. When we just say, oh, he was lonely, and so God gave him a wife. Well, no, God gave him a home. Right. God gave him family. God gave him someone to share life with. And, uh, you know, I'm on the road several days throughout the year uh, working for the school and traveling and recruiting, and my wife doesn't always get to come with me. So it can be quite lonely. Uh, as we're recording this in my hotel room, you know, it's just me. When you leave today after we're done filming, it's just me. Right. And that's a, that's a lonely experience, and that's something that is not as desired as, you know, many might think it would be. Because you miss your home, you miss your family, you want to be with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think about my own family, and I think about, you know, getting to hang out with your family this week while I've been here. Yeah. Um, it's obviously very important. And it doesn't take much to look at a family, even with all of its craziness and all of the things that happen, and see how important it is. You know, uh, your little girls have been calling me uncle yeah. all week. <laughs> and uh, we, we thought at first they were saying, Michael, just Eichel. And then I thought, that sounds like uncle. Yeah. And I said, you calling me uncle? Yeah, 
Yeah, your uncle. Okay, well, that, that's fine with me. Yep. But it's amazing to see how, imagine life without them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, sure, we could all imagine our life without our children. We could imagine life without our spouses. But I think about Genesis 2.18, right. you know, it's not good that man should be alone. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not desired by God that man is alone. Right. Are there people that live their life without a family? By choice, sure. There are people that, you know, they, they just never have that desire. But I think they're the exception to the rule, yeah. not the other way around. I think that most people, if we get down to the nitty-gritty, they're going to say, well, yeah, I would want to have a family mm-hmm. if I could have one. I would like to have this if it was possible, but I haven't found the right person yet or I haven't had the right opportunities yet. So the, the importance of the home to God is incredibly high. Now, I think the reason so many people think that it's not as important is because God never came out and explicitly said, here are the step-by-step guidelines that I have for the home, 1 through 10, like the Ten Commandments, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Or he you know, never said specifically, uh, when I created man and woman, I didn't mean that you could do X, Y, and Z. You know, like, because that does not exist as explicitly as some of our world thinks it should be, mm-hmm. they deem the home as you know, unimportant couldn't be further from the truth it's the exact opposite if god you know takes the time to create something instead of looking for what he didn't say we should look at what he did and what he did was he created a man and a woman put them together and said you are each other's family and let me just throw this in i'll throw it back to you the last thing that has to be factored in today too is we have kind of a tendency right now in the home to train our children that they are supposed to grow up and leave and cleave but then we don't really let them do that we pressure them to continue to come back and be a part of our families and not that holidays or anything but just in general we pressure them and pressure them when adam and eve were given to each other god basically stepped back he gave them guidelines and then he let them live their lives whatever they did was their choice God didn't tell them, now you've got to come do this or, you know, you're not really showing me that you love me. He told them, here's what you want to do if you want to be pleasing to me. Here's what you're going to do if you're not. And they had no one else but each other. They were it. And I think that's kind of lost in our society today, too, because there's too many pressures of, well, if you love mama and daddy, you're going to come back for his birthday. We know it's four hours away, but you're going to come back for his birthday. And if you don't come back for his birthday, we'll know what that means. It means I don't have eight hours of gas money <laughs> to come and see you. It's not because I don't love you. It's because right. we, we just can't swing that and then do Christmas and Thanksgiving and all the other stuff too. So the importance of the home is incredible. And when you study this, I think it's important to remember there's some reading between the lines that has to be done. Yes, there's explicit statements by God of what he created, but there's also things that he implied. This is what I wanted because if I didn't want this, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done this. Exactly, and, and that's the thing. You, you mentioned that, and anytime I do marriage counseling with somebody, I tell them that's one of the first questions: Where do you plan on living? Mm-hmm. Um, because going back to that blueprint of Genesis two, and that's, I'm glad that we started there because that's really the foundation. Even in the New Testament, when Jesus is asked about the home, he says, "Have you not read?" You want to talk about God's plan? We'll go back to go back to the garden. Go back to Genesis two. There's so many in the world today that, like you said, they look at home and say, "Yeah, well, it's not that important." Um, and maybe they mo- they won't come out and say it, but then their work life reflects. I'd rather be at work. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be on the ball field. I'd rather be on the golf course. Uh, but our our number one mission field is the home. 
and I've got to do everything in my power as a husband, as a father, to lead and bring my family to heaven. That's, if I miss that, I've missed, I've missed the point. And so home is so important. It's where God expects us to, uh, to live and, and to abide. And, of course, this world and, and the houses that we have, that's not really the home. But the home is to be back with God. Yeah. And that needs to be our desire and our goal. So with our time remaining as we, again, just kind of do an overview of, of this, and we're going to get into a lot of specifics as we go through this season. We're going to talk about different roles in the home. We're going to talk about Satan's different attacks on the home. And looking forward to, to this season of study. But I want us to look at just a few passages and read them and, and maybe share a few thoughts as we close out this, this opening episode. Before we do that, I forgot to say something. That's okay. Uh, when God realized that it wasn't good for man to be alone, he says, I'm going to make a helper comparable to him. But the next verse doesn't say, so God put Adam to sleep and then took a rib from him and made woman. Yeah. God makes Adam realize that he yes. doesn't have anybody either in verses sure. 19 and 20 where he's naming all of these you know, animals. Mm-hmm. And it says in verse 20, but for Adam, there wasn't found a helper comparable to him. And he recognized that. And then it's God says, all right, now we're going to give you one. Right. After Adam realized all these animals have someone, I don't. That's when God says, now you're ready. And I think that's important, too, to remind ourselves that though God had already realized it, he kind of let Adam come to that realization, too, that what I'm about to do for you, you're going to need. And when you look at your spouse as something that you need, not just something that you have, that also really helps the home. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. That's a great, great point to bring out. Um, And, again, the animals, they had a home. They had a, a place to live and thrive and everything that God needed and he recognized that and and he was absolutely in need of her so thank you for bringing that up uh, the first passage I want us to think about since we've already looked at Genesis 2 18 to 25 is Psalm 127 and looking at the language here is, is very helpful when you think about the family relationship uh, and what we are to really what we are to do and what we are to be so as you think about this psalm it starts off and it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. So the first two verses emphasizing that the Lord is the one who ought to build the home. We're following his pattern. We're following his blueprint. And let me say with love, if you try to do it man's way, or do it the way you think is right, and you don't do it God's way, the home is not going to stand the way it ought to. You've got to do it God's way. Uh, verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So there's a transition. In 1 and 2, here's the home, here's the house. It's implied from our study of Genesis 2, that the home is established when you have man and wife. You've got a new home. You've got a new unit, if you will, when you leave father and mother and cleave into your wife. You have established a home. And there's a misconception that some say, well, it's not a home until you have children in it. It's, it's a home between husband and wife. It's a, right. brand new, uh, a brand new setup, if you will. But then in verse 3, that transition, I believe, is important. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Marriage is a heritage from the Lord. Marriage is something that God designed. But when you bring children into the mix, this is a good thing. This is a positive thing. Uh, The idea that the fruit of the womb is a reward. And then, you know, verse 4, arrows in the hand of a warrior. This is what's going to equip you 
uh, give you a newfound role or responsibility. Uh, it's an honor to be a, a husband and a father. It really is. But there's so many in the world today that don't see it as an honor. Mm-hmm. And you've heard the statement, anybody can be a father. It takes somebody special to be a daddy. And the idea behind that is, you know, yeah, you can genetically or physically, you can have children. Right. But it's different to be there and be present in the home. So Psalm 127 is a good reminder of this is what God's looking for. God's the one who gives you these blessings, and he respects the return on the investment. He respects you to return your children, your home, back to him and be designed the way that he would have you to be designed and, and really be able to help the world. If every home would follow this pattern, the world would be a better place. Well, and it's interesting, too, uh, that word heritage is also in the Hebrew inheritance. So heritage, really, children are a inheritance from the Lord, yeah. something that he gives to us, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, some people have often taken verses 4 and 5 and, and talked about, you know, and if you aim that arrow straight and true, they'll never miss the mark. I've never met an archer uh, not named Legolas from Lord of the Rings <laughs> uh, that has hit every single time that he shoots an arrow. And plus, the the text never even says these arrows are to be shot. Right. I think we're missing the context here to try to shove a narrative that doesn't belong. The context is exactly what you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, the man should look at this as a blessing. Yeah. And the way that this is really translated in, in verse 5, happy is the man who has his quiver full. Now, I have two kids. You have four kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've joked before that you know two of them were not expected. You thought you're gonna have one popped right. up two, right? And so those those twins are a blessing. But when you first find out you're having twins, that's a struggle to look at it in that immediate moment as, oh, we're so blessed. It's well, how are we gonna pay for everything? Yeah, that's right. two of everything. You <laughs> yep. know, all the stuff that we've got to do is now doubled. But now looking at it, mm-hmm. that's a heritage from the Lord. They're a blessing, and you have more joy than even I can have with two kids because you have two more kids than I've got. You have the ability to have more memories made, more opportunities, more joyous occasions. Now, we know some people that have just one kid, and that individual doesn't understand the same level of joy that I may understand with two children, Mm -hmm. but he still understands the joy of having a child with those who don't have any. Absolutely. And I think it's amazing how what, what the psalmist is really writing here is if you go into battle with one arrow, you're happier than if you had no arrows. If you go into battle with four arrows, you're happier than if you had one. The, <laughs> right. the more your quiver is full, the happier you are going into battle. Right. And they won't be ashamed. They'll speak with their enemies at the gate. This is an absolute blessing. And I think probably the greatest crime on the home has been how many times mothers and fathers have essentially been ashamed and... They don't say anything. Right. There's a, there's an argument to be made that they'll speak with their enemies in the gate about their children, that they would be so proud that they would go and tell everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the video or not, but that these uh, YouTube comedians have done these videos that are cartoons based on how movies should have ended. Mm. And they did the, uh, I think it was Empire Strikes Back or A New Hope where Darth Vader finds out that he's got a son. And then Darth Vader runs to every single station on the Death Star screaming, I've got a child. I've got a son. I've got a baby boy. And he's so happy. Like, he doesn't care. 
that in the narrative he's a villain because he's so proud to be a dad yeah. that he's going to tell everybody. And it, we talk about it with grandparents all the time. Let me show you my grandkids. Mm-hmm. But where's that pride from the mom and dad? Where's yeah. that you know understanding of the heritage, the inheritance that has been given to them? And to realize that there are people out there, they don't get to have children. Right. They're not blessed with that ability, and they, they adopt, and that's a blessing that they can oh, yeah. adopt, and they have children that way, but they don't understand what it's like to have the fruit of the womb as a reward because they may be barren. Right. And that's something where when we realize that and we look at what we have, and we also—we don't have time to get into it, but we also see the horrors of abortion that have really wrecked this country. Right. How can I not look at a little child and see the value yeah. and see the blessing and— Amen. It's just incredible to think about the blessing that God gave us with with children in the home. Exactly, and that and that's why I wanted us to discuss on one twenty seven. Is that's it's just a passage that it's almost it helps you to slow down and stop and really focus on this is a blessing. The home is a blessing from God. Yeah. It's not something that we need to abuse. It's something we need to take a lot of pride in and, and really put put everything we've got into it. Yeah. Uh, while we have that time and that blessing. As we transition to the New Testament, there's a text in Colossians chapter 3, uh, the, the sister passage, if you will, is Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. But I wanted us to just discuss this, and in a later episode, we're going to really dive into this closer. But just look at the way this is described. This is Colossians 3, 18 through 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord's. So the Lord's connected with that, of course. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. The number one thing that jumps out to me as a husband, as a father, is I'm addressed twice in that text. Mm-hmm. This is where the home starts. The, the father, the husband, is the head of the home. In our world today, that is reversed, it's backwards, and there's a lot of problems that come with it. God designed and God expects for the man to step up and to be the leader in the home. When that doesn't happen, there are issues. It starts with wives, submit to your own husbands. And then that phrase, as is fitting in the Lord. You know, it's as it's in harmony with the Lord's will. This is what the Lord uh, expects and desires to take place. So wives, you be submissive. But then he doesn't say, husbands, you do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. No, husbands, you love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Why? Because they're submitting to you. They're looking to you for leadership. They're looking to you to guide them. And then you see children, as they are their roles to their mother, their father, obey your parents in all things. Why? Because this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So I find this, it's all connected to this glorifies God. This is the home that glorifies God. When everybody is doing their role, doing it the way God designed. And, of course, we mentioned 21, do not provoke your children because they can become discouraged. They're not going to want to do what God wants them to do. Uh, the, the twin passage we mentioned, Ephesians 6, 4, you bring them up the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so Colossians three eighteen through 21 is the Christian home. This is the blueprint. So, Michael, what are your thoughts there from that text? I, th- I think it's amazing how you point out the husbands and fathers are mentioned twice. Uh, the husbands are told to love your wives, don't be bitter toward them. Uh, it, it can be easy, I think in some ways even easier now, to want to be bitter towards each other with everything going on. Yeah. 
Um, I got I got a peek into your life last night on Wednesdays. It's hectic. It's <laughs> tough. You're a preacher. You've got four small kids. You've got a wife that also has stuff she's trying to get done. And it can be easy in that moment to just like want to gnaw at each other yeah. and scream and yell and do all that. But I noticed that while you were giving direction to your children and everything, never saw anything like that between you and Brittany. Mm-hmm. Never saw anything that says, you know, don't be bitter toward them. Never saw that. And yeah. it could be so easy to justify some bitterness in a night like that where it's so hectic and so much is going on, but it's not what God wants. And right. it's the very thing the devil's going to say, hey, you're stressed out. Take it out on her. Yeah. Or, hey, uh, your children are being so terrible. <laughs> in in uh, Irritate them. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean provoking means the idea of training or disciplining that greek word literally is irritation right. in some ways don't be irritating them to the point unnecessarily yeah now if you need to and you had to sometimes last night say i am working on something i need to get this done right y'all go and wait for just a second mm-hmm. that's a father's right to say that you don't provoke your children when you do stuff like that right provoking them is more so along the lines of unnecessary you know correction and unnecessary irritation and right, right. Everything the way that it went last night and everything that I saw was a, a good information for me as someone who has less children to deal with, <laughs> less stress in that regard to deal with. Yeah. And I could look at my own life and go, man, I could probably improve something. I could probably do better. And I bet you say the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to remind ourselves that maybe maybe what we should do is uh, somebody should start selling like wooden signs of these three verses, right. <laughs> uh, four verses here, yeah. and start putting them above every single yes. kitchen table. That's right. And then we can remind ourselves, hey, look at the verse. You exactly. Know? Because I think sometimes that's what we need is, is kind of a check yourself because uh, these four verses say a lot. You know, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Don't be bitter. Children, obey your parents. This is well-pleasing. And fathers, don't provoke your children. Don't don't be so overbearing on things that don't matter. Right, exactly. Give 100%. them correction and training. Move on. Right, hundred percent. And you mentioned that you know we can all improve, and that's that's another reason why I'm doing this season. Is is there is some stress that comes with it, and there are times when I'm like, man, I'm failing miserably, and there might be somebody listening to say, I don't know how I can keep you know keep keep afloat mm-hmm. in the home because I am coming home and I am bitter and I am stressed and. We're taking it out on each other, and the children aren't listening to me, and that's a storm, yeah. and that's why I've entitled it. You're weathering the storm in the home. We're just laying the foundation to say this is what we're striving for. That's right. This is what we want to do, uh, and that, that brings us to the last text that I want to discuss, and we'll close out our episode today, and that's from Hebrews chapter 3, 2 through 4. This, this is really kind of putting a bow on what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It talks about... Uh, Moses being faithful in all of his house, for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Of course, the context, we're talking about Jesus, you know, the Son of God being better. You, you name it, he's better. That's the book of Hebrews. Yeah. Um, Inasmuch he who built the house has more honor than the house. And verse 4 says, For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. So the builder of the home is God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's created the home for this world for people to live in, but in a more uh, loving way, if we can use that word, a more tender way of describing it. He has built the home. He has built this place where you can thrive. Yeah, He's built a place where you can love and you can make memories and, and these moments that will last you know, your lifetime, and you can leave a legacy, and you can 
you can make an impact and imprint from the home on society. And it's just such a reminder for us as, as we, we wind this down, but we also look forward to the rest of the season. How important is it to have the home that God designed? Notice the language that God is the one who built the house. Yeah. But if God's not the one that builds your home, if your foundation is not Christ, if it's not the truth of the Bible, then it's going to fall because the world is going to come in and, it's, and, and the house is going to cave in. You've got to make sure that it's built on the right foundation, that God is the one that built the home, that Christ is the center of the home, whether you're the husband, whether you're the wife, whether you're the child. Everybody plays their role, as we read from Colossians 3, and we're reminded God is the one at the, at the very core of everything we do, and he's the reason why we do what we do. We want to glorify him and honor him with the way we structure the home. I'll just close uh, because you, you summed all that up right. I'll just close by asking all of us to think about this importance of the home. We have so many things that are important to us, and we can talk about, you know, you're an ACC fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Big Ten fan. And we could talk about that all day long. I, you could tell me what ACC stands for. You could tell me what these things stand for. What about what our children find important? Mm-hmm. Because that's sometimes harder. Like last night, uh, one of your daughters was sitting there telling me about how you turned into a werewolf and all this kind of stuff was going <laughs> on. And I'm just sitting here struggling to try to follow because she's a little girl and I can't really right. make heads or tails of what's going on anyway. That's right. <laughs> but in that moment for her, yeah. That's the most important thing going on. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to communicate that to her uncle. <laughs> you know, that this <laughs> right. is this is what you need to know. My daddy turned into a werewolf and it was scary and all and I'm thinking, Okay, so I need to zero in in that moment. Yeah. And I'm not even her dad. <laughs> right. But I know that she wants to she thinks that's important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can be guilty, as I'm sure we could all say that of ourselves, where a child wants to tell you something and in your mind it's like that's not as important. God says it was because God created them. Exactly. God gave you the ability to have these children. And so the things that seem so insignificant to us, maybe it's better for us to put our phones down at dinner. And maybe it's better for us to be focused more on people that are in the home and asking them. And when they talk about the crazy and outlandish things, to just remind ourselves, man, this may not be important to us, but because it's important to them, right. we should see that value. And, you know, my wife is a nurse. She sometimes will come home and tell me things. And I have no idea what she's talking about right. uh, because I'm just not in that realm. But I have to try to make sure to find the way to push through the I don't understand this portion and be able to sit there and go, this is my bride trying mm-hmm. to talk to me about her day, and I need to do a better job of listening. And I think that's that's something that we could all end with in our own lives is just reminding ourselves, God said this was important for us to have it. And so when the little bits of detail here and there are happening they're just as important as the big events Mm -hmm. and the canon events if you will thanks for having me today i appreciate it thank you for being on and uh, i'm glad we were able to discuss a lot of these different things Uh, we didn't want to overwhelm me with a lot of different topics but kind of just open up the door to what we're going to be talking about Uh, so looking forward to our next episode lord willing coming out uh, next week and we're going to talk about what you need to know before you get married Uh, i've only been married uh, since 2014, but but I do have enough years to look back and say, this is something I wish I'd have thought about a little bit more. This is something I've learned through experience. And maybe somebody's listening, somebody that's young, somebody engaged, getting ready to get married, and hopefully episode two will be for you. But uh, for all of you who have listened today, we appreciate you so much. And I hope and pray that this episode, that this season, that this podcast, that this network will help you to glorify God. Specifically, I hope that this episode will help you to weather the storm 
in the home. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you.